And you know the drill. This is a show where we sit with friends and talk about things uh, through a spirited lens in an informal and unscripted way. Uh, today is sort of a special episode. Today, we're talking about a very serious topic, both from a physical and also a spiritual perspective. We're talking about the coronavirus and COVID-19, as it is widely known at the moment. Um, we have a great group of people here, and we want to jump in and make sure you know who's on, on the call here so that we can go ahead and start the conversation. So thank you all for being here. And we also want to let you know that today, if you are following us live on Facebook, you have an opportunity to chime in and put your comments in there, and we may get to them. We may want to acknowledge you and also give you a chance to ask questions because we have an important and special guest here today as well that can help us with things. But um, let's start with the usual suspects. Um, as you guys know, I am Dan Assisi, and I'm really glad to be here with you. And I hail from California today. And we have our very own friend, uh, Flavio. Flavio. Flavio, say hello. Hello, everyone. Welcome. Where are you hailing from today, Flavio? I am from my home office because we're in the uh, lockdown here in Massachusetts. We're not supposed to leave our houses. So good old Massachusetts. Awesome. Great. Thank you. And we have also have our friend Susanna. Susanna, you want to say hello to folks? Hello, everybody. Um, I am from my home in Miami. Ah, look at that. A very distinct group of folks. And you know the usual suspects. But we also have a very own Sonia Doy. Dr. Sonia Doy, can you say hello to us? Thank you for being here. Hi. It's a great pleasure and honor to be part of the group today. And I'm talking from Maryland. Well, wonderful. And uh, Sonia, tell us a little bit about um, your participation in the spirit movement, because we're very excited about having you here with us today. So I am um, with the, spirit, the Allan Kardec Spiritist uh, Society of Maryland, but I'm also uh, with the Spiritist Medical Association. And... Um, can I tell you a little bit about? Oh, please. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that's the, that's the next question. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> so the Spiritist Medical Association was founded in 2006 here in the U.S. And it is a uh, an association founded by Spiritist medical doctors. And this was modeled in Brazil. <laughs> the first Spiritist Medical Association was founded in Brazil, Sao Paulo, Brazil, and grew in there with many organizations, became international with some organizations uh, around the world, and, and inspired by Dr. Marlene Nobre, who was the president of the International Spiritist Medical Association, we found an organization here in the U.S. So, the main, the main um, mission of our organization is to talk to healthcare professionals and to convey the concept, the spiritist concept that human beings are more than the physical body. We are the spirit that governs the physical body. So we usually have 
biannual meetings where we convey the message, where we bring uh, medical doctors and other healthcare professionals, scientists together uh, with their uh, perspectives, with their experiences from research, from their clinical work that share this this idea, this concept that that we are spirits. Thank you. Thank you, Sonia. Um, this is great. Um, as you guys can see, that makes a lot of sense, right? We wanted to make sure we had a, uh, you know, some expertise here on the show uh, to talk about the medical aspects of things. And besides having also our, our very own Susanna, who also works in the health field, right, Susanna? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, you want to say something? Yes. Um, I'm a physical therapist. And so just um, to give a little bit of a perspective uh, professionally, um, I work for a program uh, here in Florida that takes care of uh, 800 elderly individuals, 65 years of age, older, all the way to, I think our oldest uh, patient right now is about 105. Uh, under my care, uh, on a daily basis, I, I have about 250 um, individuals, and I'm also a consultant for um, a hospice uh, company here. So I'm working very close these days. Um, my days have become longer, not shorter, um, because we are really uh, running around and... Um, reconfiguring everything to attend to this population that is the most vulnerable population um, at this time. Great, thank you, Susanna. Um, and it is a green picture out there, right? We are all worried about uh, the coronavirus, the COVID-19, uh, but it might be a good place to start to ask the question, what is COVID-19, right? So we have, a, we have folks here who might be very well prepared to, to answer that better than, I think, Flavio and I, which is the two, two much of better. you. Much better, right, Flavio? And much better. Uh, yes. Um, so, so what is COVID-19, Sonia? Uh, COVID-19 is, uh, is the name, actually, of the disease, the virus uh, disease that is being spread by the coronavirus type 2 which is one of the viruses from a large, large family. Coronaviruses are a large family that has been around since the early 1900s. 1939, 1949 were the first uh, cases described. These viruses used to be um, uh, among animals and even humans. Uh, there are several types. The most well-known lately were the ones that uh, were known as SARS, uh, the uh, severe respiratory, acute respiratory syn uh, syndrome, and then MERS, which was the Middle East respiratory syndrome. And now we had this new type of virus that's similar to those two, especially similar to the one that caused SARS, and, um, and was in animals, but uh, somehow it got mutated and 
then start to infect humans. So this was due to a mutation. <coughs> and now it infects people. So then the, they gave the name COVID-19 as CO for Corona, VI for virus, D for disease, and 19 because it was discovered in the last uh, months of uh, 2019. Okay. So that's what COVID-19 is, is the disease caused by this coronavirus. And um, um, as you know, it, it's a virus that it's unknown so far. I mean, we don't know much about it. We have been, the, the scientists have been studying very, very hard to just to give you an estimate of how hard uh, they are working on this, uh, I looked at the database of scientific papers published. And since COVID-19 came out, there's more than 1,000 papers published. So this is from oh, no. uh, December this year or January this year to today. There's more than a thousand papers, meaning scientists are really trying to know better how this virus operates. How does it infect uh, people? How it spreads? Uh, where are the symptoms that it causes? Which organs is affect, are affected? So all this has been, and that's why we don't have a vaccine yet because this was not a known virus. We don't have a medication <coughs> that's proven effective yet. You know, so all this will be, is under development. Okay. Great. Great. Thank you, Sonia. I think that's a great, great primer. Um, and I think that we are all worried about this, right? Um, I think that uh, the whole world has literally stopped in a way. Uh, and I think we're all worried. Like, you just heard you just heard somebody coughing out here on the broadcast. Uh, aren't you glad you are remotely watching this? Uh, and we are quarantined in our own individual houses. Um, but there, there is there, there is this ongoing uh, um, fear that if we catch uh, the coronavirus, that we may die, right? And so, how how realistic is that? And and what are we looking here? Because I think. At this point in time, you know, there's also other flus and other things that generally go around. Is that right? That's correct. And um, I think everyone has, has heard this, the, the virus. Um, most people, like 80% of the people in a general way, uh, have very mild symptoms. And 20% are very, very severely affected. And um, these people who are severely affected need, uh, need to be hospitalized because they need respiratory assistance. They need to be put in a machine to breathe. And that's, that's the big problem. Because if you account for 20% of a certain population, it depends on how many hospitals are equipped to to receive those people and and this is why this is a very contagious disease 
And this is why we have to really be very cautious. And it's very important that we maintain social distance. Uh, people Sometimes people say, well, I'm not in the risk group yet, but there's a lot of people who are asymptomatic, no symptoms or very mild symptoms like any other cold or, or flu or any, you know, and, and they might be transmitting the disease to somebody who is uh, uh, in, in the high-risk group. So it's not just the elderly, and Susanna here is, is working with the elderly group. That's uh, probably one of the most affected. But we have seen children dying from this disease already because if one has a weak immune system, whatever the, the background disease is, if this uh, person, a young person, is affected by any other disease, they are at high risk. So, so Sonia, for the folks that are joining us right now, uh, as we're talking about COVID-19, right, the aspects that we hear and see from the spiritual perspective, is this the end of the world? Are we all going to die? You know, thanks, thanks, for, thanks for leveling with Fabio. <laughs> <laughs> for, uh, for making it real. And uh, actually, a lot of people are thinking this, this is the end of times, right? Yeah, is it the end of times? I mean, yeah, let's be honest, right? That's what we do here is these conversations. Just bring honest and candid and transparent topics. Is this the end of the world? We, we will all die one day or another, right? That is, that is correct. <laughs> That's correct. <laughs> so, but it doesn't mean that we are all going to die from these disease. Um, <laughs> so, there are several perspectives. One is that, as I said before, 80% of us may be infected and not die. May, as we have seen in China, a lot of people have recovered. Other people who were infected in other countries have already recovered. So 80 percent uh, are probably going to survive, you know, as well as from a flu or other cold. From the 20 percent of people, there is one to three percent lethality, meaning one to three percent of those might may die. And it, this is not precise. You know, all these calculations, 80%, 20%, 1%, these are calculations made based on the known cases. So right. you say 80% mm -hmm. of what? 80% of those who we know tested positive for the disease. And there are many, many places where the kit for for uh, for testing is not available. And, and there are many places where people are dying in the hospitals or at their homes. And once the person is dead, nobody does the test. So we don't know the real number uh, <laughs> of uh, uh, lethal cases. So Flavio, just to answer your case, your question. We are not all going to die from this virus. Oh, that, that's very, that's a, that's a relief. Yeah. Thank you. But, but, stay, but stay home anyways. But exactly. yeah, but don't, that's don't, don't go against the, uh, the government you know, recommendations, right? 
right? Exactly. Absolutely. And, and, and you know, this, I, I really, I'm glad that we are all talking about this now because at this point, I have seen people with conflicted opinions, opposite opinions. And we have to listen to people who have been working in research, working hard, the healthcare authorities, uh, the World Health Organization, the CDC, and other organizations like this. They are talking from scientific knowledge. They are talking uh, on the facts that they have been observing. Mm -hmm. So they have a reason to say social distance is important. Hygiene is important. You know, it, it, anything else that people are talking about, uh, they have no base to say, oh, this is not, this, 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 this is not valid, you know, social distance is baloney. No, we have data, we have scientific data to, to tell us, please, 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 follow the guidance, follow the guidance from the healthcare authorities. And this is really, really important. Yep, yeah, against, against, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, against facts, there are no arguments, right? We should, all, we should all follow those that know way more than we do. Absolutely, right? Absolutely. Hopefully. Hopefully. Yeah. Um, yes, and, and thank you, Sonia, for explaining to you the idea of, of the capacity, right? The reason why we are quarantined at home, too, like you said, is because we, if we all get sick at the same time, because the virus can be so aggressive, we don't all we can't all go to the hospital at the same time. The hospitals won't take us, and that's why we're trying to flatten the curve. We're trying to kind of space it out uh, and make it a, make it easier for our medical professions. And a big shout out to our medical professions uh, professionals out there who are like Susanna, like Sonia, are spending very long hours, right? Uh, working, preparing. Uh, who are away from their families, who are exhausted, also having to deal with their own worries, right, about their families and, and putting all of that aside to dedicate uh, and, uh, you know, and answer this higher calling that they had of taking care of others. Just a beautiful, a beautiful moment. Then, 100%. If I may uh, uh, just add one more ahead, thing. I'm sorry. Just to add one more thing. Uh, with the data that has been collected so far, there's been mathematical calculations showing that the infection is growing in a geometric mode. What does this mean? It's not just one person infects two to infect four, four infect eight. It's one infects two, two infects four, four infects 16, 16 infects 16 times 16. So the number is growing exponentially. And that explains why it's so important that we stay in our place. If we start moving around, we're infecting more and more and more and more people. Correct. I'm sorry, yeah. Susan, I cut it out. No, I was just add, um, you know, there are details that people don't necessarily uh, think about. I think... Um, the challenges today is, yes, people, uh, some people, they don't take the scientific information seriously. Um, 
People don't know exactly what goes on in hospitals today. Um, unfortunately, a first case was um, identified in the hospital that I work. Uh, not in the building that I work, but on our campus. And so that means that um, every single person, every single medical professional that was in touch with that uh, patient, including CNAs, nurses, um, perhaps other patients, had to be put in isolation. People, workers were sent home. So mm -hmm. now other workers need to step in. People are being moved around the hospital. All our vacation time was automatically suspended um, if we had vacation approved previously because uh, it can be a shortage of professionals doing the most basic work at any given time. And so when you see those postages on Facebook and social media, you know, we need to do our job. Our job is to be here for you, and you need to be, do your job, which is stay home so we can do ours, right? Mm -hmm. Those are like little things that are happening that people don't necessarily uh, think about. And so it becomes, um, you know, very um, stressful. Chaotic. And I think that, you know, we face a huge challenge, right, because um, we are so not used to to stop right so we can uh we so not used to um to accept that there are moments in our lives that we cannot do everything that we want the way that we want we have a difficult time with acceptance in general and so i see a lot of people but then there is this um state that I see spreading where it is like anger and I, I, I don't want to, you know what I'm saying? So mm -hmm. like this mm -hmm. difficulty in, in, in accepting the limitations, they're so important and necessary at this time, which... Sentence, <laughs> join the club. We don't know either. We had a technical problem here. We are broadcasting this live to Facebook and Facebook must not have liked um, you know, our internet connection at a point in time. So we apologize for that. Um, I know that we also cut the flow here, uh, but we are going to pick up where we left because that's what we do. Um, as a, a human species and as a group of folks, we just keep going. Uh, so where were we? Who remembers? Sonia, what were you talking well, brilliantly uh, about? <laughs> Sonia wasn't a role. She was just, you know, was, bringing it all along. No, I was... Uh, I was I was talking about. Can the you guys hear each hygiene. other? Because I can't hear you guys. Really? We hear each other. I hear you, Sonia. Yeah. yeah. I, and I hear Dan. Can Let's we keep going? Okay. Yeah. So I was talking about spiritual hygiene, and this right. article that actually is was published by a social worker in 2016. She's from the University of Ontario and she talks about spiritual hygiene. And she makes this uh, uh, analogy with our, with our hygiene habits, brushing our teeth, taking a bath, etc. And she says, we do this to maintain good physical health. Why don't we do spiritual hygiene 
to maintain, maintain good uh, mental health uh, because we are living uh, under a stress condition every day with different things that stresses us out. So she was talking in this article about uh, several spiritual practices, including prayer, meditation, not necessarily uh, linked to religion, but spiritual in, in, a, in a broad sense. And, and um, so at this moment, I, I think that as spiritists, we, we have good resources to follow to do our spiritual hygiene and, and you know, as uh, you were talking about, uh, Susanna, uh, there's a lot of people who are, who feel so angry because they are confined in their houses or because uh, they don't know what's happening and they are afraid that they may die or, or something, you know. All this is a situation very stressful. It's a stressful just because it takes us out of our uh, habit, our, you know, everyday uh, routine. So it's out of our routine, we get stressed. And it's a good time for us to practice not only our physical hygiene, but also spiritual hygiene by praying, by meditating. And uh, in Spiritism, we have a very good resource of explanations that explains to us why we should not be, we should keep our hopes, why we uh, we can understand how things like this happens. So uh, I think you guys can elaborate more and I can, otherwise I'll be talking we here can. Um, all night. <laughs> I just want to, before we get into uh, the whys, uh, adding to the, the spiritual hygiene, it's so funny how everything that is material is so incredibly neutral, but it can become a very good thing, like technology. Right now, we are connected, and that's an amazing thing, right? It's amazing. It's phenomenal. The fact that we can be together having this conversation in four different states in this country. Um, and we also connected to, um, let's say, WhatsApp groups. And I have, uh, tell you, have to tell you that I have uh, silent, mute, many of my WhatsApp groups because um, as a result of this state of anxiety, there is nowadays, uh, I don't know if you guys have experienced that, but this flood of like messages being sent over and over and over. And I wonder people at home and are they spending the entire day just doing that? Mm-hmm. Uh, like on social yeah. media, reading about it, talking about it and sending messages about it. I mean, part of it is okay. Perhaps, you know, seeking a balance in that, you know, uh, mental hygiene, yes, you want to be informed and yes, you want to connect with people, but yes, take advantage and disconnect from everything and open a good book and feed your mind and feed your brain with something else. Mm-hmm. So I'm 
personally, I'm trying to work and I'm trying to deal with all these, like, you know, reality and this, I had to really disconnect from some of these uh, groups. And um, in, in some of them, I even said, folks, um, you know, take a deep breath. And, and what are you feeding your brains with, right? So mm-hmm. just, just, just a if, thought. Even, because, go ahead. No, it's a, that's a great, it's a great point. So even for immunological perspectives, right? Like stress and anxiety lower our immune system. So it's right. counterproductive for us to be freaking out about this thing, right? Sure. It's a big deal, and it's a horrible virus. Let's be clear about yeah. this. Nobody's minimizing that. No one's that. minimizing. Yeah. Right? Nobody's yeah. minimizing that, right. yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, we also need to make sure that we give ourselves the best possible mental environment, mental health environment that we can, uh, because the physical damage that the virus is going to cause us is not the only damage. I think that we are going to have like post-traumatic stress uh, from this, right? There's going to be economical repercussions that we can even talk about it, but... Um, so this is like the moment before the moment, it feels, right? We are in a lot of anxiety. And in, in spiritism, we even use sometimes the term psychosphere, which is the, mm-hmm. the, the atmosphere, the psychic atmosphere around all of us. And some of us are more sensitive than others, but I think we can all sort of feel that there's been a little bit of a, like a, like a, like a pull down, like people are feeling anxiety and fear all of a sudden. And this is kind of like a connected feeling of, of fear because we're all broadcasting, we're all feeding into that, and which, which does not help us at all, right? Um, so it's important for us from our mental and spiritual perspective to also be rebellious when it comes to that, right? Um, also be, be thinking positive, not only for our own body's sake, but also for our communal mental state of mind, but not minimizing it, but just being positive and reminding that we are going to outlast this thing, right? Uh, it's going to be it's going to be tough and it's going to be hard and it's going to be painful. And to be completely honest, we might lose people we know, right? That's going to yep. be super tough. But as a society, as a species, we are going to overcome this. Um, and I think that one of the things that we haven't necessarily dealt with as a society is this fear, fear of death, right? I think at the core of uh, COVID-19 and the coronavirus is this fear that we, 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 we can die. And funny enough, well, not funny at all, worse, a really bad choice of words. <laughs> but interestingly, um, you know, spiritism is really well equipped to address that because, mm-hmm. you know, from an empirical perspective, we have time and time again uh, researched and validated the fact that life goes on. Right. So we are even if we lose our physical body, we don't disappear. We right. are not gone. So I think that there is a, a reason for us to kind of go back to what Susanna was saying, which picked back on what Sonia started with mental hygiene. There's an emotional component that, that should benefit us as well. Right. Um, and along those lines, I think the question to ask is, what are we l- learning from COVID? Like what's COVID teaching us from an emotional and spiritual level? Right. Uh, I think Susanna started touching on that of, of this is a moment for reclusion and for reflection. Right? What do you guys think? I think that, that there's a lot to learn um, from so many aspects. Uh, then I think that uh, we learn from spiritism that uh, everything has an objective to propel humanity, to, to make humanity progress. Even with a <coughs> something as bad as this, we have seen science progressing. 
because there's going to be more knowledge. There's going to be a there's technology is advancing rapidly to produce more uh, resources for hospital, for equipment, for medication, for vaccine. So there is already a scientific progress there. But there's other things that we are learning. Uh, as we get, you know, uh, in our homes, we are now living with our family. We have a moment that usually we don't. We are working uh, all day long. We come back home uh, at evening and we have very, uh, you know, little time with our loved ones. Now we have all the time during the day and we can use this for our own uh, to, to um, understand our own problems, our, our uh, interactions with our family members. We can use that to improve ourselves. It's a moment that we can go inside and meditate and think about what we can do to improve ourselves. And so, one of them is to improve the uh, interactions with our family members. Yeah. So, Sona, thank you for sharing that because this is a, this is a bomb and a blessing and, and a very positive, you know, connotation or take on the, uh, this whole, you know, pandemic, so to speak, right? We have more time with our families. We have more time at home. But at the same time, right, when we look at folks that are alone, when we look at folks that are, you know, with not the best of their abilities, right, to, you know, from a cognitive, mental, spiritual speaking, you know, sense of, of things, how do, we, how do we tell them? What are the things we can tell them, right, to really calm their minds? You say, you know what, as Jesus taught, taught us, pray and watch, right? Let us all do our parts. But let's never forget that while everything is going under control, there's a higher, you know, force that controls everything. We still have to do our part and we still have to be positive and optimistic about the whole situation. Mm-hmm. How do we do all, how do we get all these things together, right? Stay positive, do our parts, you know, amidst all the, uh, that's happening in front of us. And how do we stay positive? But that's not really different from what it was before, right? If you think about it, right? Mm-hmm. So I think that uh, I think that if you think about it, um, COVID just uh, just just gave us a forced time out, right? It, because we have already been struggling with all this stuff, anyways. We we have been seeing more than ever people struggling with meaning and purpose. What do they want to do from their lives? This just happens to be like a, a forced timeout that nature is giving us so that we actually have a chance to go and think deeper about this, right? Um, but, it's, but it's really not new if you think about it. It's just that it's now we have this time to kind of be learn how to do this. For instance, one interesting thing that I find from, from this reflection, Flavio, is this idea that we are kind of like being forced to learn that caring for others is good for us. Right. Mm-hmm. We all knew this, but look at this. Now we are all look, here in the U.S. at least. Right. Most of us are in, like in a shelter in place orders where you don't leave your house unless you really have to. And that's too, that that's not only for you not to catch the virus, but more importantly, so that you don't spread the virus to other mm-hmm. people. 
right? So that has been teaching us to be a little bit selfish, right? A little bit less um, selfish because it's not about us getting the virus only, but it's also those who are immunosuppressed or immunochallenged or you know, at, at risk category. And we're finally sort of realizing in a very practical way something that we have been told like spiritually for many times, which is, Now, it's giving that you receive, right? If you are helpful in treating others and making sure that others are not catching the virus, in turn, there will be less of a chance for you to catch the virus too. So there are some moral pieces that we can kind of take away from that, you know? I, I do 100% agree. There are some moral lessons that we have to, that we can bring back to your own lives and put them into practice, 100%. But I want to go back to my question. Dan, I'm sorry, you answered only a third of my question. How do we stay positive? and optimistic about the future. Mm-hmm. I can't jump in unless I'm, I don't want to hog the air here. Right. <laughs> uh, but, but I will, unless um, I, uh, Susanna, you want to jump in? Yeah, I was, I was just catching up because I got cut off a little bit and I just want to make sure I knew what you guys were talking about. Um, so if I say something that you guys already said, just um, let me know. But um, how do you stay positive? I think that spiritism um, is in- incredible. It's, it's a, we, I find few so fortunate that we have it because what it does is it gives us um, a, a deeper purpose and meaning for our lives, right? So we know what we are here for. We're not here for for fun, right? We're here with a specific purpose of uh, spiritual enlightenment, of uh, spiritual growth. So everything that we are facing, those are uh, trials. Those are experiences that help us to do what uh, Sonia was talking about, which is grow. Trials, challenges, They force us to use part of our brains that we weren't using. They force us to be creative. They force us to be smarter and force us to be smarter uh, intellectually and also morally. We, as Danny was saying, we, we, we begin to realize that for, for me to be happy, it's important that the person next to me, too, that our happiness is connected, that we cannot be happy alone. And so... We understand that everything, everything is happening has a higher purpose. The whole universe is absolutely conspiring for the betterment of humanity. Everything that comes for a reason. And God, in its incredible and and, and, um, love for us, has created uh, laws that are absolutely just and perfect. And so when we create an environment that is as toxic as it has been for us as humanity speaking, right, we open um, uh, the possibilities for all kinds of diseases to manifest. So we have created, so a lot of people may see this as God punishing us. No, God does not mean to punish us in any way, shape, or form, but God has created laws, right, that help us to always force us to move back towards balance, towards harmony. So sometimes we go too far 
in creating chaos and disharmony. And so what we are dealing today is just a natural effect of our own construction of our own um, uh, pathway. And it's happening because God is, let's put it this way, right, preoccupied with each one of us, with our well-being. And so when we are now incapable to say, this is too much, it's time to, to, to step back, then the laws, nature itself, finally of giving us the limits that help to, to improve. So when you see life from this perspective, I don't know about you, but I have a lot of hope because I think that this moment is a very, very important moment. It's a moment we know that humanity progresses very slowly, but that from time to time we have big events, big events that shake our foundations and to tell humanity, please wake up. Let's take a, a, a little bigger step forward here. And so bigger challenges coming in our way. So I see this with a hope. Of course, yeah. at this time, we're dealing with the suffering. We're dealing with the limitations. We don't like those things. We like life to be the way we want, mm -hmm. right? But the reality is a lot of good is coming out of it. Yep. I'm sure yep. each one of you can speak personally about the benefits that you already experienced in your personal lives. I have like, you know, uh, I'm like, I'm going to be a different person after this. I'm reevaluating yeah. my, my entire life, my family relationships, how I use my time, and et cetera, et cetera. You know what I mean? So we yeah. do this individually and collectively. Yeah. Go, Danny. Yeah. No, I was, I was going to say, like, you know, I, I thought about it like, last week, like, you know, five years from now, when we are sitting around a restaurant eating and talking, right, yeah. we are going to turn around and say, do you remember 2020, the year that never was, yeah. uh, and COVID-19, right? Wow. Yeah. Like, right. So how was life different then? And then mm -hmm. we might have conversations such as, wow, since that day, now, what are the things that I'm doing differently now? Well, I, I used to spend a lot more time thinking about my career and work, for instance, and and thinking uh -huh. that was giving me meaning, and and I shifted. I shifted, and I realized that what's really most important to me when I was afraid of losing it is to be with my kids, right, or to be with my partners, or to spend time with my friends, or to be more involved in community work, right? Yep. So there is a, a, a movement, an opportunity to recenter here and focus on what really matters. This is calling us to focus and to make sure that we know what is it that's really important to us that we have not really thought about it or we thought we knew and then all of a sudden, hold on a second, my work is not as important as I thought, right? What really matters is my family and their well-being and I sort of forgotten that or my friends or what have you, right? Uh, but this shift inwards is hard. This changing is hard because doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results, which is what we have been doing as a society, clearly wasn't working. So, Time out for us. Be bummed. Slow down a little bit and, and get to think about the stuff, right? But I love what you said, Susanna, because um, Flavio, to go back to the to the question, original question, right? Is is how do you remain sane? I think Susanna did a beautiful job saying it. But if you have those values and if you don't change those old values that are materialistic based, that is to say that they're focused only on the material and the here and now, it's going to be really hard for you to be happy in the long term. 
right? Oh, so this is a call for, for changing that, like Susanna described. Like we, this, this, this is our time to rethink things, right? It really yeah. Is. yeah. Uh, I would like to go back also to what Flavio was asking because uh, Flavio, you were saying how do we get ourselves in this good position so that we can comfort, we can help others. And, and that's very important because we need to be strong ourselves first. Like in, in, in the airplane, you put the mask first to help others. So at this yep. point... We need to do our part uh, in, in whatever it is to help control the situation, but we have to take care of ourselves. And, and Spiritism teaches that we don't have to fear death. This is a natural fear, but we have a consciousness, uh, we have a conscious uh, knowledge that we don't, we don't have to fear death. Uh, second, we know that everything will happen at the right time. If we have to die today, we may die from this infection or we may die from a heart attack, whatever, mm -hmm. right? So why are we so uh, hooked into fear of dying from this virus when I could die from aneurysm, from heart attack or whatever else? Yep. So that's mm -hmm. first. So we need to uh, uh, feed ourselves from the knowledge that we have from Spiritism to maintain our hope, our faith very strong. And with that, we are then able to help others, to give them hope, to keep them in a good spirit, uh, in a good perspective, looking to a better future and not just looking at all the bad news, all the things that are happening. We need to be conscious of our part to do what is better to, to contain the, the spread of the virus, but we need to maintain uh, our uh, good attitude, yeah. mental attitude, mental thoughts, yep. so that we can... Uh, like Daniel said before, boost our uh, immune system. That's very important. If we take medication and our immune system is not responding, medication may not even be effective. So we need to boost our immune system. You know, something else that, um, that uh, Spiritism has also taught me, as you were talking about, Sonia, is to think about things not from our physical perspective, but from a spiritual perspective. So mm -hmm. I think it's also important for us to stop for a second and think, how is the spiritual world reacting to this? And without a doubt, I am pretty sure that they have harnessed ex extreme help, right? That we are receiving a, an enormous amount of health and help and support from our spiritual mentors and guides who no doubt knew this was coming and, and you know, were preparing for this, especially uh, to help us with, you know, uh, withstand it from an emotional and a spiritual perspective. I am reminded, for instance, of the works of Andrew Lewis, right, mm -hmm. which is a spirit that communicated with us via the wonderful mediumship of Francisco Xavier. Uh, and one of the first books, Nosolar, right, Astral City, sometimes it's translated, it was uh, psychographed in the 1940s, so we're talking about World War II time. And it was really interesting to see him comment 
and at that time, at that period in time, uh, see him comment about how the spiritual world was preparing to help us, we're incarnates, we're here in this world, uh, withstand all the challenges and all the, the the horrible things that comes with a world war scenario, right? So no doubt spirituality is working with us, uh, is helping us, and we got to uh, remember that too, because we're only thinking about the negative, and one of the ways for us to kind of remain positive is to know that there is a lot of help and work uh, that's being mm-hmm. done on the spiritual side to not only clear up our psychosphere, but individually to be closer to us, right? I am pretty sure that if we stop to listen, our mentors and guides are going to be whispering in our soul, right? Some words of encouragement, and that we can remember what's really really important here. So it's important for us to remember too that, that there's help. There are things happening on the other side that are helping. This could be much worse than it is, probably. Right. Yeah, uh, and so we sometimes say, where is God in this moment of, of, of trials and tribulations when when in fact God and the spiritual realm has been here all along and they have made this less daunting and less difficult than it should or needed to be. Right. So there's another perspective to that as well. That we, I think we should remember people. Hey, people, spirituality is helping with us here. <laughs> Absolutely. This is also described in the. Uh, book, Devaldo Franco's book, uh, Planetary Transition, when he describes all the spirits that came to help in that huge disaster in, in uh, tsunami, in Asia, Asia. Yeah. tsunami, yeah. So, yeah, we need always to remind ourselves that Jesus is our planetary governor. He's he's looking watch. Uh, he's watching over us, and as you said, Daniel, it could be much much worse. It could, it could. So there are, there are reasons for for optimism, right? We need to um, recap a little bit. So, and we are running uh, against our time. So maybe this is time for us to shift gears a little bit into our uh, wrap up. Just really think about what are the takeaways that this opportunity affords us. And from our conversations here today, does anybody want to um, help us wrap up? We'll go around and have some thoughts from each one of us. Does anybody want to start? Yeah, I can. I can go. Um, what What has been um, really, um, you know, in my mind, um, Iris um, teaches us about human vulnerability and um, vulnerability and frailty of uh, material realm that we identify strongly with, right? So it took something invisible, something visible, I mean, in, in uh, materially speaking for our eyes and our hands to remind us um, that this is not the real stuff and that all these ego rides that we um, that we enjoy so much, um, these illusions of power, these illusions of supremacy, illusions of um, all kinds of things that we um, nurture, they kind of collapse in face of that. Mm-hmm. And it's a funny thing, what I'm going to say, although like Danny said, but working with terminal patients, um, you know, in two different fronts, I'm always, always confronting that. And often I go uh, to the funeral um, 
of my uh, patients to be with the families and always um, don't take this wrong, but I always like going because actually seeing the body reminds me. And it's funny because we tend to forget that this is just a garment. <laughs> this is not real. Yep. You know, there are immortalists and we are spiritualists. On a moment to moment of each day, you know, in facing this crisis right now, so much anxiety comes from identification with the material and our fear of death and, 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 and all those things. So it's, it's, I always find that a very interesting exercise just to go and see the body and say, this is not that person. The person did not die. Like Daniel did not die. It's the body of Daniel who died. And so I think I, I'm just really, I find it so incredible that something that we cannot see <laughs> had such an incredible impact in our world. Humbling. Foundations with such an incredible strength to remind us, to remind us, one, that we are all equal. We are all equal. It does not matter your color. It does not matter how much money you have. It does not matter if you live in the most powerful in this world. You are just as vulnerable. And, and, and so this is really, I think this is really moving me, these um, ideas. And for me, that's like, that's what I'm, what I'm, I'm being like thinking about pretty much each day. Great. Flavio. I, uh, thank you, Susanna. I, I echo your words as well. I think this, uh, this has taught us a lot of things, right? Uh, this virus doesn't, you know, uh, um, is not limited by you no know, geographic places, by borders, by ethnicities, by social status, right? It, it doesn't discriminate at all. It includes everyone, right? Uh, if we are still stuck with those preconceived ideas, anything besides we're mortal beings, we're spiritual beings, right? <laughs> I think this is the call and this is the ask for all of us to think twice, right? This is just one episode of our lives that's going to contain many more episodes down the road, right? Uh, and of course, as we know and learn through spiritism, nothing happens by accident. There is control, right? Everything is happening under the uh, guidance and governance of our, you know, you know, guide and model, which is Jesus, as we know that. So we have to do our parts. We have to pray. We have to watch. We have to try to maintain as much as possible, right? A good mental health, right? Optimism and really pray and understand that if we're doing our parts, if we're contributing to society, maintaining social distance, following the guidelines of our healthcare professionals, right? And public health professionals as well. Everything is going to, everything is going to be okay, right? So we're going we're gonna to go out of this. We're going to, you know, overcome this and you're going to be at the other side of the table, much more enlightened after everything passes. Those are my words, guys. Indeed, indeed. And we're going to let Sonia go last. So I'll take a couple of words here as well. Um, and I would say that I would love to echo any, everything that you guys have said tremendously. And uh, this is a great opportunity for us to kind of retreat inside 
think about all those things that we have been thinking about already. Many of us have been feeling this itch to really change the way we are doing things, whether it's work, whether it's our habits, whether it's spending more time with a family. Go inside. Since we cannot go outside, let's go inside. Uh, and remember, too, that we were made for this, right? As spiritual beings who are here to grow and help others grow, we have everything that we need to face this challenge and any other challenge that comes away because God, because God, right? God would never give us a challenge, an obstacle that's beyond our ability to meet it and overcome it. So we have to trust that, yes, it's going to be painful, but that we can overcome and we will. And the way to do this is in remember that we need to take care of ourselves, to stay focused on what really matter, stay focused on the beautiful. And I think that this gives us an opportunity to do that. Uh, and I also want to uh, give a quick shout out to our friend Kirsten, who also is a medical professional working on the field. Thank you for being with us um, and always supporting us as well. Okay, we hope to have you in the next uh, Spiritus conversation here. And with that, let's turn over to our friend and special guest here, um, Sonia. Sonia, can you give us your, um, uh, your closing remarks and your perspective on this thing for, for, for all of us? I think you all said a very important thing that the, one of the greatest lessons we have learned is that this uh, virus taught us that we are all equal. The virus has no discrimination. Everybody is, uh, could be affected. So that's the greatest lesson. Second thing that I would like to say is please take care of yourself from the physical point of view, but especially from the mental point of view by going, looking for resources. Spiritism gives us great resources. We can learn so much and get rid of fear. Fear it does not help us. It will drain our immune system. So we have to uh, work against that. Let's bring hope to our hearts. Let, let's bring joy. And one uh, important thing that I have learned through this crisis is the sense of um, humanity and, and um, fraternity that I have witnessed. I have myself uh, got many phone calls and messages from, from friends asking if I needed help not to get out because they know I'm in a risk group. Uh, so this moved me, you know, because they are caring. And uh, at the same time, I have been calling people that for years and years I have not called just to ask, are you okay? So this is, is uniting us on a sense of love and fraternity. This is a great, great lesson. So please be, uh, take good care of yourself. Thank you, Sonia. Um, we are reaching the end. I uh, want to thank all of you guys who were here, who joined us, uh, who also put up with our disconnection there. Uh, reminding you to, um, to follow us on Facebook or on YouTube, to send us your questions, your perspectives. We would love for you to be part of the conversation. We have never intended to this to be the final word on anything. This is a program and a show where we just get the ball rolling and hope that you take that further by talking to folks you know. 
uh, folks you don't know, whoever it is that uh, is near you and that you want to talk about. And of course, engage with us as well. Uh, special thank you, of course, to our friend, Dr. Sonia Doy, who leads the Spiritist Medical Association here in the U.S. and internationally as well. Uh, thank you for that, Sonia. Thank you for being here. And, thank you, you know, so much. And the SMA is such, a, uh, is such an incredible resource, uh, especially uh, in these times, right? Uh, in these types of need and understanding uh, who else is better equipped to understand the nexus between uh, health and spirituality. Uh, so thank you for being here. And Sonia, uh, I know that, uh, um, that the SMA, the Spiritist Medical Association, is available on Facebook, right? And exactly. I think you guys have a website as well. Can you help us uh, understand how to, how, to, how to reach you guys, how to follow you guys? Yeah, we have a, a website that actually is being with uh, helps for some friends. It's being refaced. So very soon, probably in a week or so, we are going to have a new uh, website up uploaded. And uh, our uh, address is www.sma-us.org. And if you get into our um, webpage, there's a link for the Facebook. There's also a link for videos. And you can see videos from our past uh, congresses. You can see a lot of videos that we have uploaded there. So um, I appreciate your support, Daniel. I really uh, appreciate the opportunity to be here with all of you. And if anybody has any uh, questions about SMA, please go into our website. There's a link. You can send us a message. Thank you. All right. Thank so, you. Um, yeah. Flavio, I think you're muted. You want to say goodbye to it was? I unmuted you. Oh, my God. He muted himself again. <laughs> this, is, this is typical of our conversation over here. Um, I'm going to spirit of flowers. Was, you know, you, you can you go ahead, Fabio. I was just going to ask: Is that a better rap than this? Thank you so much, Sonia, for those great words. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thanks, everyone. Thank you. Bye. Good seeing y'all. Bye.